Hello again and welcome back to the Dark Temple podcast with me, filmmaker Charlie Steeds. For this episode, I'm trying something a little different and playing you a recording of a Q&A we did at the end of the premiere screening of A Werewolf in England. A Werewolf in England was our most recent horror movie. We shot the film in early 2020 and this was the first time I screened it to anybody. Luckily, we were able to host an in-person event between lockdowns at a socially distanced screening where we played the film twice to keep the size of the audience down at the Karma Sanctum Soho Hotel in London on the 12th of September. Joining me on stage were actors Barrington Delaroche, Reese Connolly and Derek Nelson, who were all starring in the movie. And of course, you'll hear a lot of me, so I'm keeping this intro fairly brief. Uh, our microphones didn't pick up the audience very well, so I've asked Derek to jump in and read out the questions that the audience asked us on the day, so now you can hear the questions clearly. A Werewolf in England is out on DVD and streaming now in the UK, so grab a copy if you're interested, and if you've already seen the film, then I hope you find this Q&A insightful and learn something about how we survived a very challenging shoot. You're the first bunch of people to watch A Werewolf in England because I only just finished editing the film, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago or so, and then it comes out on DVD uh, on the 28th of September. So we've had no gap of time to uh, do like festivals or anything, so this is really the only time you're ever going to get to see it, apart from just on DVD at home. Um, so obviously with me we got Reese, who you'll recognise from the film... As Archie and Barrington, who played himself, and Derek, <laughs> whose contribution was playing the naked man for a brief moment of the film. And that was it. Um, so let's start off, Derek. Uh, the question everyone probably wants to know what was it like crawling naked across that set in January? <laughs> freezing. Literally <laughs> freezing. Uh, we got to that bit at like two in the morning, I think, um, and had to strip down butt naked. Charlie put some makeup on me and he said, crawl across this <laughs> wood chip floor. So, um, yeah, that was quite fun and then had to die on some steps, uh, in an awkward position. We did give Tim you, stared we, at me. we gave you the sock though. To oh yeah, yeah, we up. did have, um, a cock sock, uh, but that came off on take one, so I said, fuck it. And we just went without the whole rest of the time. And Tim has never been the same. <laughs> no. Got a I feel the worst that. for Tim. <laughs> yeah. Anybody. Uh, Reese, this is the first time that you and me have ever worked together. Is this your first movie as well? Mm-hmm. Can you just explain to people what was it like? Uh, what what was a regular day shooting this movie? Um, was there a regular day shooting this movie? I'm not sure. Um, it, they were long days, but they were great days. Um, it was very, very cold. I don't know if you could notice that from the film, but it was incredibly cold because we shot it in, in January, February, and then did some pickup shots, you know, just over the last couple of months or so. But it was just great fun because we were all, you know, we weren't just like, the cast members were also like helping out with like um, setting up, you know, shots and stuff like that. And it was just sort of all hands on deck, sort of very sort of grassroots filmmaking, but. It, it was just so much fun. Like the days were long, but they never felt long. 
it was just so much. There was a few days that felt long. There were, yes, there, there were a few days that felt long. There was a few that felt long, that felt very but, long. You know, that's between me and my therapist. But you know, the, the, most of the time, it was it was really good fun and very exciting. And yeah, just great to see it finally on the screen. You also didn't have very much in the way of like an outfit because that shirt you wore was so flimsy and it was <laughs> freezing, freezing cold. Like yeah. the actors did an amazing job of you know surviving. That, that ghillie shirt was a hundred percent not real and hundred percent not fire retardant either. So, <laughs> given the naked flames in the film, it's a miracle I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> And Barrington, this is not our first film together, we've no. done loads. So, when you got this character, Vincent, who's loosely based on your own personality, <laughs> that's a joke. Um, what, was, what was your response to uh, this character? How, how did you play him? Well, funnily enough, I think this character is actually farther from my own personality than anything I've ever played before. <laughs> But I really enjoyed getting into character. Mm. You know, the creepy. Yes. <laughs> the horses. Vincent, you'll take care of their horses, won't you? The horses. Yes. Put them in the stable out back. I can do that, madam. No, no, it's no trouble. Vincent can manage. Vincent can manage. So I really, I, it was great fun playing them. But the thing I like the most is when my sister is axing the door down, I'm in the background pretending to, like, excited like a little kid. Like, you didn't actually see my expression on my face because it was a bit in the dark, so... All right, let's, uh, let's not have criticisms of the cinematography. Thanks for that uh, insight into your process there, Barrington. Um, this, for people who don't know, for Reese and Barrington, this is the first time today that you've seen the film. Yeah. So, uh, and it's been actually, for my movies, like quite a fast turnaround because we shot it January, February and March. Um, then it was lockdown, obviously, and uh, the horse and carriage stuff was supposed to be filmed with the main block of shooting as the last thing, but then we had to wait for like however long lockdown lasted until we could finally get out and shoot it, by which point it was summer. So the, this wintry storm that is central to the plot became a little bit troublesome. Let's take some questions from the audience. Hopefully you have some, and if you don't, it's fine. We'll just we'll go back to us and we'll have our own conversation. But does anyone in the audience have a question for any of us for it? Yes. Hey everyone, this is Derek. I'm just jumping into this episode to read out the questions from the audience that our microphones didn't pick up that night. First question... When a little something like this. Your previous films have been mostly serious. Did you set out to write this to purposefully include a lot of comedy? Here's Charlie's answer. Yeah, so compared to my other stuff, this is definitely like my much more comedy movie. Um, basically, the, the whole way this film came around and like the writing process was that uh, the company High Flyers approached me and said they wanted to make a, uh, they wanted me to make a werewolf movie for them. So I sort of gave them a few options. One of them was to do a Victorian-era werewolf movie. Another one was to do, like, a post-apocalyptic future werewolf movie with werewolves with machine guns in armour and stuff. Um, so we ended up with the werewolf, uh, the Victorian werewolf idea. 
But aside from that, they let me kind of just do my own thing. Like there was no interference with the script writing at all. And I don't know why, but just like the mixture of Victorian era and just the fact that, you know, it's, it's low budget, practical werewolves. So there's going to be an element of like kind of silliness about the whole thing that you're not going to believe these are actual animals running around. Uh, it's going to look a little bit sort of like hammy and camp at times. So, and I also thought that the sort of Victorian period just lends itself to this style of hammer horror, total camp, total theatricality. So I just went totally over the top and made what is basically like a full-blown comedy horror, um, which was really fun. But at the same time, it's got more gore and blood and guts and action than, than some of my other more serious horror films as well. So it was a nice, it was a nice change of pace, yeah. Any other questions, Andy? Filmmaker Andy Edwards was in the audience that night, and he asked, which other films influenced our movie? Adding that he spotted nods to Hammer Horror and Evil Dead 2, but that he'd never seen a film where werewolves take a shit. Was that a whole new idea? Well, I just thought, I don't know, I don't know where this comes from, but in terms of like Victorian era stuff, like <laughs> the Victorian era was gross. Like there's so much disease and, you know, pissing and shitting in a pot by your bed and stuff like that so I thought there's got to be a way I can incorporate like that that horrible crude humour into the movie which is why there's so much sort of like bare bottoms in the film and outrageous <laughs> sex scene between Tim and Minnie um, and then obviously stuff like the werewolf shit but yeah stuff like Evil Dead 2 was a massive influence on just like the silliness and the fun of the film um, so I think also like the werewolf diarrhea sort of comes from there as well because you want to just like splurt as much fluids and just sort of stuff to spray around <laughs> as you possibly can just to like keep the energy crazy in the film and just keep it so silly and entertaining which hopefully uh, we managed I will mention because um, this is an interesting part of the production that we had we actually we did have fun making the movie but it was a bit of a disaster to make at the same time because the whole film, hopefully you don't realise, but the whole film's uh, shot in a set that we built uh, in a big barn in Cornwall. Um, so that whole Victorian inn, because we were going to trash it and spray werewolf shit all over the place and stuff like that, we knew that we needed to... We couldn't just rent out a nice country manor house. Uh, we knew we had to build it. And then the fun of that was that you could absolutely destroy anything. And stuff like, for example, Barrington this moment you just mentioned where you're smashing the chair against the door, we just sort of made that up on the spot. Um, like, oh, Barrington, just grab the chair and smash it against the door. Um, and that's the sort of thing you could do when, when you built every single thing you see on screen from scratch and, and we, we own it all and we can destroy it all. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the disaster that went wrong was five days into filming, we'd mm. not shot any werewolf stuff and we came onto the set and the werewolf heads because the suits are in two parts. You have the suit and then you have the head. The heads were entirely missing. And long story short, we never found the heads again. <laughs> and we still never have found the heads. And we have strong theories as to what happened to the heads, <laughs> which I guess I can't go into because it incriminates certain people. Um, but uh, it caused us to have to basically shut down the production for the next three weeks while we waited for heads to be made from scratch by the, the people in Arizona who made the werewolves and get shipped over, so, which caused like a massive 
just so many problems, but a massive financial problem for starters mm. uh, because the werewolf heads weren't cheap and losing all the deposits on the Airbnbs weren't cheap and all of this sort of stuff and sending everyone back to London. So it was pretty traumatising, to be honest. <laughs> what did you make of it when those heads <laughs> went missing? Well, it was shocking, really, because there's no way a stranger could have taken them, so it was one of us. Yeah. And which one of us? <laughs> <laughs> and we all had ideas. And there was one main idea, which it looked like that was probably the right idea. Um, so we had that, which was kind of tragedy, because we had to stop filming till we got the new heads. And we get the new heads, we still had more filming to do, and then COVID. And we had the lockdown, so... We couldn't finish the film until the end of the lockdown because we had more scenes to do. Um, the outside scenes with the with the hotel, which was ended up being in Wales, the whole process was uh, filled with catastrophes. <laughs> so I don't know if it shows in the film or not, but the film has a great energy, which we had to build the energy up let it go, come back, build it up again, let it go, come back, build it up again. So well done, John. <laughs> well, that's the thing is because you, you show up on set to shoot for 21 days and you're in that headspace. And when we're filming my movies, we all stay together and we all have an Airbnb, so everyone's together. It's kind of like a little family coming together and you've got the next 21 days or so planned out. And then to get to day five and be told... Well, it, the werewolf heads were the only thing that could have been taken that would stop the, the yeah. film from happening. If the camera had broken, that's fine, because we can just go and grab another camera. It's, it's actually cheaper. The camera we shot the rest of the film on is cheaper than the werewolf heads cost me. Um, we also lost our cinematographer, <laughs> which basically meant I had to take over cinematography duty and lighting duty and camera duty, which I wasn't prepared for at all um, so you did alright though oh thanks Dave you did good <laughs> so six days of the film is shot uh, there's 23 days filming in total six days of the film is shot uh, with the cinematographer and, and the, that camera and then the rest is kind of very makeshift had to buy a camera buy a load of cheap kit and just try and match what we'd already shot but yeah somehow we managed to pull it off Brandon, you were actually never on set at the same time as the werewolf heads. I never saw them. <laughs> this is your first time seeing them. Because yeah. to be honest, so many of the actors in the films, uh, in the film, they're going to watch this, but they never saw these Mark, heads. Mark had a whole fight scene with the werewolf yeah. and never saw the head. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he ripped my head off <laughs> without me seeing the head. Yeah. yeah, Mark, who plays the reverend, he never was there on set with the head yet. He has two fights with werewolves in the film. So we, m me and Derek, basically had to uh, stay behind for extra days and just... Basically, every shot that we'd done that, where we'd missed out the werewolves, we had to then go and relight it and redress it and integrate the shot of the werewolf head into the film without it looking totally jarring, you know. Um, any more questions from the audience that we can answer? I saw the progress you've done from the first movie up to now. Mm. The first movie was really, 
you know, like uh, interesting or really shocking in mm -hmm. this one. Realize the, the contrast. Uh -huh. the, the accent is perfect, Victoria's put on, and the, the intonation also. I love the rhythm. It's really, mm -hmm. I noticed that. I don't know if you direct them or the actors are all naturally. No, yeah, all, all the actors really, had a good really comic good. time. And, and yeah. also it was really good, the, the contrast between the um, sweet moments with the baby. It's very hard in a horror, comedy horror to do that, the baby. Mm. And then the terrified moments with, with the actual um, romantic and then the fight. It's, very, it's an amazing movie, honestly. I think if you had like, let's say, Billion, I don't know how much was the budget, mm. but we maybe the props like uh, low budget Hollywood props mm, mm. would be like a top hit, possibly. Yeah, but now the cinema with COVID that they don't work anymore. But <laughs> somewhere I don't know what it means. Maybe it can be top online <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you very much yeah, but really yeah i mean i think when when people go to watch horror like a lot of people who don't really understand the horror genre they do just think it's going to be first of all people think horror films are supposed to scare you but that's there's only a very like select few type of horror movies that actually are there to scare you but you know like we're all talking about the evil dead 2 which is an absolute classic horror movie but that's that's pure comedy and it's just fun so that was that was the aim of this film. Yeah, compared to some of my other stuff, it's a it's a friendly, happy film, positive, happy ends ending. happy, happy ending. Mm. Not for your character, man. No. Yeah. Any more questions from the audience? This audience member starts by saying that they found the film hilarious, and then asks how we made such a big film with such a small team, and what the challenges were with such a small crew. Well, with all my films, really, I have a really tiny, tiny crew. Like Reese was saying, it is a set where the actors, we all chip in, we all help out, we all, you know, are helping to dress the set and move things around. Um, there's me directing and then eventually doing the cinematography as well and the camera operating. We have a sound man. And then Derek, aside from being naked man in the film, is also, what would you say you are? I don't know, not, my, you not my assistant necessarily, no. but just filmmaking partner you know it's the yeah. two of us that are bringing everything to life and moving lights and moving camera and stuff like that um so yeah uh so that's it really me derek and a sound man and then the actors and that's how we put this whole thing together um which is is how i actually i've not always i have always worked with this on my like this on my feature films but with short films i did i have had more crew than that and i just like keeping it with as few people as possible um, and I think for the actors, there's something unique about just being in that sort of environment where there's no stress whatsoever. There's not a big crew waiting around. I just want it to be me and the actors, really. Like in an ideal world, it would just be me directing my actors and nothing else would be going on around us. Um, because that's what, when you're on set, that's what you're there to do is just get the performances. Um, and that's basically what that allows us to do by having so few people. You said about challenges, but I would say we don't really struggle to pull it off. I would say, in fact, when I've been on sets, other people's sets, and seen bigger crews, they're the ones struggling because people don't know what they're doing. Or mm. there's too many people, like there's too many cooks. And like, you know, when we get to set, it's clear what we're doing. There's one voice and we get it done. So, uh, it works for me. It might not work for everyone, but yeah, it works for me. <laughs> the next audience member said that they really like how, you know, similar to the Hammer Horror films, Charlie continuously uses the same group of actors. But now that we have the new edition of Reese Connolly, 
was Reese made to feel welcome on the set? You were the new guy. Yeah. I was the new guy, but I was made to feel very welcome. Everyone was lovely and very supportive. And um, I've not, I've never done any film work before. I've done a lot of stage work, but I've never done any film. So I was very scared to 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 be involved. And thanks, <laughs> Charlie, for thank you for for casting me. But and everyone was so lovely and gave me lots of hints and tapes. And uh, Charlie created such a lovely, supportive, and fun atmosphere. So it did feel like just sort of playing every day in this big fairground of blood and guts and, and poo that Charlie which is my favourite type of fairground actually uh, <laughs> it's a king but yeah uh, it was really fun and uh, you sort of just felt straight into it and it was actually almost it wasn't good that we had to stop filming after five days but it was nice in a way to then come back and see everyone and feel like this sort of homecoming and you know all the nerves were gone and we could really just sort of knuckle down into the into the craft of it yeah I'd like to do another one. He's <laughs> taking the mic. Away. Yeah, yeah. What these three guys don't know is this was actually your last movie as well, guys. That's oh, it. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, this is. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, yeah. I've already been cast for the next one. All right. Yeah. No, you have. You have. <laughs> Who wants to give us our final question? Make it a good one. No pressure. The final question asked us, where was actress Kate Davis Speaks character in the film? Did her scene not make the final cut? Yeah, so the film originally started, uh, this is how the script was written as well, and we did film this. The film originally started with uh, two characters, a guy and a girl, sort of fleeing from the inn. They've uncovered that something is not quite right with this inn, and they're fleeing through the woods, um, and a werewolf chases them and kills both of them, and then we sort of pan away from their bodies and over to the road and then the horse and carriage comes by and that was how the film was supposed to begin so it would actually have begun with werewolf action but um, when we shot this scene the weather was just horrific because it was absolutely I can't describe how cold it was I mean the whole shoot was cold even more so for the actors but I was wearing proper like winter jacket and thermals and snow boots through the whole shoot but even I when I was out filming these bits outside. This was in the daytime as well. It was so freezing cold and uh, it, was, it was just kind of painful and it was just like total suffering for Kate and Joel who basically were the, the actors who were running through muddy bogs and uh, Joel's shoes were coming off and his socks were going like almost knee deep in puddles and stuff. But the, the main problem as well, apart from that it was just rushed, um, is that it was, it was really sunny as well. Like, funnily enough, on this freezing cold day, it was so sunny. Uh, so it just looked, it just looked naff. Um, so that got cut out of it. But Kate did contribute by putting her three-month, three-and-a-half-month or so old son, Jamie, into the film as the baby, which is the first time I've worked with uh, a tiny little Such baby. Such a young actor. Such a young actor. <laughs> Um, it's moldable, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, but that was actually uh, it was actually really fun. And in the film, like you, the baby looks in such distress, like looks so traumatized, <laughs> which a, a baby does apparently if you put a werewolf in front of it. No, I'm joking. Um, no. The, basically, if if Kate was there, Kate's the mum. If if Kate was there, the baby would be happy. And then the minute she just sort of steps, even just couple of meters out the way the baby looked that traumatized by it but it was really it, it wasn't really anything traumatic it's just the baby's just acting guys um 
So, yeah. All right, well, thanks for all your questions, everyone. And uh, thanks for being, uh, yeah, among the first people to watch a werewolf in England. And uh, thank you. As always, thanks for tuning into the podcast and come back again to listen to my next episode where we'll be back to our longer interview format. Special thanks to Derek for helping with reading out the questions. Hey man, always happy to help out. And don't forget to check out our movie, A Werewolf in England. Werewolf in England.